Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back here with another edition of our Preps Podcast. This is Kyle Nedenrip, joined again by Logan Hunt of the Mick Network. And uh, we're going to get into some Mick uh, football today, but I wanted to start with uh, probably one of the most exciting and best games of the season to date uh, was the uh, Brownsburg-Westfield uh, game uh, Friday night at Brownsburg. Westfield pulls that out uh, 43-42 on a uh, kind of a trick play in overtime and in a end around uh, handoff uh, you know more uh, Westfield goes in for the two-point conversion and uh, and wins it at the end of the game uh, really an interesting game overall I thought uh, you know Brownsburg had come in you know having a great season obviously so far undefeated ranked second in, in uh, 6a uh, Westfield uh, only with one loss coming in had lost to a cathedral that opening week and, uh, you know, I thought Westfield really played well. I thought it was more about how they played necessarily than how Brownsburg uh, didn't play or or didn't live up to it. But, you know, the defense did struggle for Brownsburg. It's something we've seen in past seasons where they've had explosive offenses, but maybe not quite the defense. Uh, so far this year, the defense had been really good up to this point. Uh, but Maximus Webster, the uh, Westfield quarterback, 300 yards, about, I think, 303 for the game. Um, you know, and really I thought Micah Hauser at running back and then Hauser defensively was defensively. He had 25 tackles, which is just, uh, uh, unheard of, you know, and he was, he's pound for pound. He's about as tough as anybody uh, I've seen, you know, plays safety, plays running back. He's, he rarely leaves the field at all. And, uh, you know, kind of a statement win for Westfield. Jake Gilbert talked about that a little bit after the game saying, you know, it kind of helps the, you know, the, the vision of what we're doing day to day. Uh, it kind of gives you that clarity that that we are doing the right thing. Uh, it gives you some, some confidence, and you know I know they were talking before the season. You know, as as a group, I saw them in that scrimmage I mentioned before against Ben Davis, and you know he kind of talked to him after about where they wanted to be by the end of the year and, and potentially playing Center Grove in the championship game of six A, uh, coming from the north side of that six A bracket, and it kind of makes you makes you think that that it is possible. You know, and I'm not sure if anybody. Uh, is going to be able to match them on on that side of the bracket, and you know I don't know think I don't think we knew that maybe a couple of weeks ago, but you know there's still we'll find out more about Merrillville. Merrillville plays uh, at Bishop Chittard this week. That's a really interesting game to see how they match up. They're on the the north side of that bracket. Lafayette Jeff is a good team uh, on the that side of the bracket, and we saw HSE uh, they lost to Westfield a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but but I think Logan uh, Westfield kind of showing you know what they're about. They they can run the ball well. They can they can throw it now with uh, Webster, uh, Mason Peening. Their uh, receiver is one of the better receivers in the area in the state. Really, uh, really explosive player. Popeye Williams at, at defensive end is a, is a big time prospect. Uh, so it's not just one or two guys or one way they can beat you. But they have they have guys all over the field. And I think now we're starting to see Westfield. Um, you know, becoming a team that I think that that uh, 
could make some noise in the tournament and uh, you know potentially make it to Lucas Oil Stadium, which uh, you know I know we've talked about that before, but now after after seeing him beat Brownsburg, probably gives you a little bit of clarity that that it is possible. Well, this was that statement win that the Shamrocks needed. This was this was that program win that uh, after the week one loss to Cathedral and the manner in which it happened. I had some people, you know, scratching their heads, wondering if, if this Westfield team was going to take that next step. And this was the game to showcase it and to get a gutsy win down there in overtime to to be able to knock off one of the top teams in the state, a team that had been in tough games already this year. Uh, Westfield really showed what they were about. And you mentioned, you know, some of the some of the main guys, Micah Hauser all over the place, and Webster having a phenomenal game, uh, passing it as well as just managing uh, the game itself at quarterback. I mean, this was. This is a defense that got the stops when they needed to, and they also put the points on the board. But uh, maybe a little bit of a relief for us that Westfield is as good as we anticipated them to be. Um, I believe your picks are still going to be healthy, Kyle, uh, picking <laughs> picking the Shamrocks. But uh, still, you know, don't don't look at this upon uh, and see, you know, Brownsburg lost that they aren't a good team. No, no, these are just two really good teams in the state, probably two top five teams in the state right now. Uh, that just had a slobber knocker and just enjoy it while you have it because either one of these teams uh, uh, could could make a run to Lucas Oil. And you mentioned uh, top five teams in the state, and and as of you know a couple hours ago, the new rankings are out, and Westfield is number four, and uh, Brownsburg falls from two to five. And I mentioned those two other teams. Merrillville is now second, and uh, Lafayette Jeff is third. So uh, that that's how they kind of fall in line right now in Class Six A. Uh, Carmel is number seven. North Central is now dropped down to eight after their loss to Carmel. And uh, Lawrence North stays at number 10 after their win, uh, overtime win over Ben Davis. So that's kind of how this, the 6A AP poll shakes out this week. Uh, but again, Logan, we see, you know, Brownsburg, you know, maybe there's some question marks now. They they did, I thought, you know, they played without Luke Lacey, you know, one of the better receivers, uh, as we know what he did against St. Xavier a couple weeks ago. Uh, but he is uh, he's he was out with a hamstring pull out of that game, uh, but still the offense was not the problem. You know, K- uh, uh, Caleb Marcus, the sophomore running back, 164 yards. Uh, Brandon Burks over 100 yards rushing. Uh, uh, ben Easters had a 35 yard touchdown run. They they threw for 170 yards. Uh, so really the offense did not struggle. Uh, the defense did though a little bit, and I think there's probably a little bit of concern, but I did, you know, talk to Ben Easters after the game a little bit. He said, Hey, you know, we, we thought we were all that and we're not, you know, and I think that's a good way to look at it. Hey, you know, let's get back to, uh, you know, back to, to what we, what we know how to do. And, you know, they go to Zionsville this week and there should be no shortage of, uh, of emotion, uh, after Zionsville beat them last year in the sectional uh, 44-41. So uh, they get a chance to play somebody who, you know, they they, they know very well in the conference and uh, who, who they should be motivated to beat this week. And I think that helps when you, you come off a tough loss. Uh, you can kind of focus on the, the what's in front of you right away. No, you're absolutely right. And both of those teams coming off really close. I mean, one-point loss. I mean, Zionsville losing by one to Hamilton Southeastern. Brownsburg, like we just mentioned, losing in overtime. They're a two-point conversion. So, uh, I think both of these teams are, are going to be settled in and ready to go. Brownsburg maybe has the advantage just a, just a little bit more uh, with, with the talent that we're seeing on paper. But, like you said, those revenge games and, and, and those games where uh, it feels like you're playing for a little bit more, uh, I think the Bulldogs definitely have that edge. But, 
when you've gotten someone's someone's number before, you can always get them again. And and uh, as Hines will always hungry for a quick turnaround. You know, you know that uh, Coach Turnquist is going to have those guys fired up, ready to go. Zinesville right on the outside looking in. They're three and three uh, right on the outside of the top ten in Class Five A this year. They they dropped down a class, so they won't see Brownsburg in this tournament this year. Uh, and and by the way, the uh, sectional draw will be out a week from Thursday. So uh, we're closing in on uh, knowing what the sectional draw will be. Uh, seems crazy. We're going into week seven already, but here we are. And, and uh, I, I hear today. Uh, that we may have our first uh, bad weather, at least a colder weather, uh, Friday night. I guess I jinxed it last week when I said we've had we're six for six on uh, uh, Friday night weather uh, nights, but uh, you can blame me for that one. But hey, we're getting to we're getting into October, so you know, hey, grab your coats when you head out, and uh, it, it's that's the way it's going to be. But we have had great weather, by the way. It's been phenomenal uh, pretty much every night of the season so far. Uh, Logan, I know you guys uh, will be you will see Carmel Ben Davis on Friday night. And it appears that the Greyhounds are starting to get it going now. They've they've won three in a row, uh, two of them really close games the, the the previous two weeks, and then handled their business against North Central. Won that game thirty eight to fourteen, and uh, Zach White uh, well over a hundred yards in that game. They ran the ball well and uh, shut down North Central defensively. Uh, North Central unable to score at all in the in the second half of that game. Uh, is this now where we see Carmel start to kind of get its footing and and uh, become that team maybe we thought they could be uh, going into the season? And by you know the, the, what will be interesting as well, Logan, is they are in Brownsburg sectional, Brownsburg, Avon, and Pike. So uh, that will be a key sectional draw next week. Uh, you know what what do you assess from the Greyhounds right now? Uh, I would say look out. Uh, the Greyhounds are out and running and. Uh, that offense is starting to click even more so. They, and, and quite by the definition of it, they are out and running. That's all they like to do, get the ball in Zach White's hands, let Zach Osborne go go with it. Colton Parker, they're starting to get him more involved offensively as well. Uh, those, those guys have, have figured it out offensively of how to put a lot of points up and do it quickly. So uh, that's a team you really have to watch out for, especially if this defense is – uh, kind of making that turn. Uh, we saw them, like you mentioned, limit North Central to 14. Uh, it's not easy to do. Um, and it was a team that had struggled defensively for the, the previous month. So uh, for for a team to have this, this much of a turnaround, we'll see a little bit more of it in these final three games against Ben Davis, Warren, and Lawrence Central. Uh, we'll see if that defense really can uh, you know, tighten up before sectionals because they're going to need it in just an absolutely brutal sectional draw that they have now. Uh, so, I, I look out, look out for the Greyhounds because when that offense gets rolling, uh, it's real tough to stop. Yeah, Zach White, 148 yards and two touchdowns in that game against North Central, and uh, Zach Osborne had one of his better uh, passing nights too. 154 yards, uh, completed uh, over 60 percent of his passes, and, and one touchdown uh, in that game. So, you know, Carmel, again, they, they, they win a couple of close ones. That always helps kind of gets your confidence going a little bit. And then, uh, they put it on North central pretty good on uh, Friday night. And then, uh, you know, Logan elsewhere in the Mick, I thought an interesting game, uh, Warren central able to hold off Pike at 29 to 27. And, uh, that was a game we talked about last week as kind of a team, uh, two teams that, you know, could be headed in a in a positive direction, or you know, headed the other way. And and I think it was a, a really competitive game. Uh, Pike had a chance there late in the final seconds, and and uh, you know, not able to uh, get the two point conversion. But uh, you know, Warren Central 
one of the better passing games that they've had uh, that we've seen this year, and, and maybe that's a that will bode well uh, for the future. But again, that's a team I think you know don't don't you know sleep on the Warriors because I think they're going to be again a tough out a tough team to knock out in the these next few weeks and in the tournament. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, Warren Central got out there uh, leading at half and and kind of didn't look back until the end when the Red Devils were able to put some more pressure on them and. And uh, Warren Central starting to figure it out a little bit more offensively. Their defense has given them a little bit more buzz, uh, even more so than they had. But it's it's helping uh, with the whole play of the team. Uh, we're starting to see uh, Warren Central get a little tricky. We're seeing some onside kicks, we're seeing some trick plays, uh, kind of opening the playbook up. And I think that's really helped move the ball down the field for them. And they're starting to establish a little bit more of a run game. Prince Powell's starting to look a little more comfortable in the pocket as a first-year starter. Uh, but still a, a, a ways to go for Ward Central to be uh, a truly competitive uh, come the playoffs and, and really uh, be able to make a deep run and be able to put you know string together a couple of really quality games. So uh, they are making they are getting better and that defense can stop anyone. But uh, still the offense is going to have to give just a little bit more. But how about Pike? I mean, I, I, at some point you have to start feeling bad for the Red Devils when it comes down to two point conversions, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. the last couple of seasons it just hasn't gone their way at the end. They've been right there in some big time games and just. It just those two point conversions just don't go their way. That's probably something uh, Pat Echeverria, you know, you, you maybe spend more time in the off. I'm sure you, I'm saying this tongue in cheek, but um, you know, maybe that's a, a uh, in the off season looking at your two point conversions longer uh, going in because it seems every game it seems Pike is in uh, it comes down to a two point conversion. Either they decide to go for two, or in this case, they had to uh, late in the game to try to tie it. But uh, not Pike just. Not quite able to. They could very easily right now be five and one. You know, and a couple of things go their way. Uh, they they were hammered pretty good by Ben Davis, but uh, it's tough for them because now uh, they will host a Center Grove this week, and yeah, you kind of know how that game will be played. And, and Center Grove continues to, you know, they they announced that score at Brownsburg, and it, you could hear the gasp uh, from the crowd when it was still it was forty. The the, the announcer uh, Rob Cornett says forty nine nothing first quarter score against uh, Lawrence Central and uh, you could kind of hear the the crowd groan uh, after that was announced but again Center Grove you know 66 nothing was the final score uh, they probably could have left at the end of the first quarter both teams and it would have uh, that would have been enough but again that's four uh, shutouts now for Center Grove and it seems like we uh, have run out of superlatives to talk about uh, with this team. But they will get a good test, I think, from Pike's offense uh, on Friday night. I'll be curious to see if Pike can, uh, you know, just keep the keep the chains moving and, and maybe put some points on the board in that one. Uh, if you can get something to happen early, maybe that's that, that could give them a little confidence. On the other side, though, I'm not sure they can stop uh, Center Grove completely. That's that's uh, the problem. Is Center Grove so good on both sides of the ball? Uh, but this is a little bit different matchup for Center Grove. Maybe a little bit more explosive offense that they've seen in a while. And uh, but again, we'll we'll see these next two weeks. Uh, Pike and Lawrence North, and then they close with Cathedral. So some interesting games, at least on the schedule, coming up for Center Grove. Yeah, absolutely. And, and some teams that like opening it up, like you mentioned, they like throwing the ball a little bit more with Pike and Lawrence North and Cathedral. I mean, all three teams with some explosive offense. Uh, even looking back at Pike, you mentioned they could be 5-1. and one. I mean, they, they put up four scores in every single game. So that's a team that, that can find the end zone. And obviously Lawrence North, you know they can. Uh, 
with Donovan McCauley and Omar Cooper, we can get back to 100%, and Cathedral may be their toughest competition left. So uh, this is where this is where the schedule is going to get a little tougher for that defense. Uh, you know, they haven't had to face uh, necessarily the toughest offenses so far, but Center Grove is, is as advertised. I mean, a team that has given up 26 points in six games. I mean, that's that's just incredible. That, that is absolutely incredible. And uh, we know that that they have plenty of Division One talent on that defense side of the ball, plenty of returning starters, and it's paying dividends for them. They are 100% looking like the best team in the state. Yeah, hard to argue with that. The, I think these next three games will be interesting, especially uh, that Cathedral game at the end of the year. I think Lawrence North is a team, too, uh, that, that has an explosive offense, and we saw Lawrence North. Uh, they kind of It was a little bit different type of game. Uh, they were able to beat uh, Ben Davis in overtime 27-24, on a Friday night in a game where Ben Davis probably felt like they, they let some opportunities get away earlier in the game to, to maybe build their lead and, and uh, you know, have a little bit of better hold on that game. And then you give Lawrence North an opportunity and uh, that's a good win. I think for that team uh, to go on the road against a program you haven't beaten in a long time and uh, to get that win and now puts them at four and two. And you can really start thinking about, you know, two more wins gets them to uh, over 500 uh, for the season, so that that would be a huge accomplishment for a program that's kind of been on the doorstep of of turning it around and hasn't quite been able to do it so far this year. I know they have bigger goals than uh, just going 500, but that would be uh, a, a good uh, starting point for this team. And and with Donovan McCulley and and Omar Cooper and those guys on the offensive side, they can give anybody trouble. And they go to Warren Central this week, uh, another team they have not beaten in a long time. So another interesting matchup. And it would be another kind of a program-marking win uh, for the Wildcats. And again, Lawrence North, very in a very similar boat as Pike. I mean, two teams we expected more out of this year. Their records are showing that obviously they've made improvements, but both of them could very easily be 5-1. and one. I mean, Lawrence North losing on a last-second field goal to Carmel just two weeks ago and then pulling one out in overtime against Ben Davis last week. I mean, this is a team that... Uh, was very close to even being undefeated in their loss to North Central, losing by six. So uh, it's a team that maybe hasn't put up the points that we uh, anticipated after that first game where they dropped 62 on Avon. I mean, that was incredible. But uh, still a very complete team that you're going to have to keep your eye out for and, and you know, can't let them just go, just slide under the radar. This is a team that could very well win their sectional. Yeah, I think so. And that sectional, you know, you talk about that. This could be a preview uh, against Warren Central, that sectional seven looks as wide open as ever. You know, you got Warren, North Central, and Lawrence North, and, and those teams look fairly even. You mentioned North Central beat Lawrence North earlier this year, uh, 27 to 21, and then Lawrence Central, which has struggled this year, but also did play Lawrence North close in their in their matchup uh, earlier this season. So that that sectional looks uh, as wide open and, and full of storylines as ever. And the winner of that. Sectional would likely play Center Grove in the uh, regional, so that's that's a quite a prize to go uh, play the Trojans again. But uh, that that sectional <laughs> looks really really good, and and you know that's one that could come down to you know who, what the sectional draw looks like. You know who who's the least injured team, uh, that sort of thing. And and you know I think that will be a, one of the things next week when we're looking at the sectional draw to kind of see how that sectional seven uh, shakes out next week. Uh, Logan and I think you know you've got Ben Davis and Carmel mentioned Ben Davis lost to Lawrence North on Friday Ben Davis again seems like they're playing better they're they're sitting there at two and four right now 
uh, but have definitely played better the last couple of weeks against a you know, win over Warren and a close loss to Lawrence North, a game they, they probably feel like they could have won. They had a chance in overtime after giving up the uh, field goal to uh, to get the ball back, but then you know they uh, they they have to kind of try a desperation halfback pass. It's intercepted in, in at the end of the game and unable to uh, close it out. But they did they ran the ball really well uh, overall in that game. I think over 300 yards rushing in that game for the Giants. So uh, they're doing some good things. Juwan Swanson has has been a uh, able to make some plays at quarterback for them. And uh, they go on the road now to Carmel, and this has kind of been a series where, you know, it's it's been interesting over the years. Good rivalry, and uh, you know, I I anticipate this will be a close game, and I, I think Ben Davis will uh, be up to the challenge when they go to Carmel on Friday. Absolutely, I think it's going to be it's going to be a very uh, close game uh, with Ben Davis's ability, like you mentioned, to to run the football. They've started figuring some things out there. Uh, as well, Juwan Swanson gives you just a different dynamic running it. He's very comfortable tucking and running. And even when uh, called upon, Chris Patterson, uh, backup quarterback as well, has come in and won him some games and has been able to move the ball. So uh, I, I think it's a team that is, is 100% committed to the run, and uh, that's something that, that Carmel's going to have to be ready for. Uh, and and this, this Carmel defense – isn't as strong as we've seen in, in recent years either. Uh, it's a team that usually can stop the run well, but uh, has, has struggled defensively. They, they start kind of outscoring their opponents and getting in shootouts. So uh, I think we're going to see a lot of points being scored uh, between these two teams. Yeah, that looks like a high-scoring game to me as well, and I think it'll be a good, exciting game again. Uh, that one will be on the MIC Network on uh, Friday night uh, in uh, 7 p.m. kickoff uh, for that one. Uh, Logan, looking else, elsewhere in uh, in Class 5A Cathedral, uh, they're kind of going through their on to Cincinnati uh, portion of the uh, schedule for the for the uh, Irish right now. Uh, they go out and win again uh, on uh, Friday night, and uh, they then they go on to uh, this week. They play Cincinnati Elder uh, at home. Uh, they beat Cincinnati LaSalle last week uh, in that one. But you know, again, this is a, a tough portion of the schedule. LaSalle a team that won a state championship last year. Uh, we know how good these Cincinnati teams are uh, year in and year out, and uh, Cathedral just trying to navigate their way through it and, and had another uh, good outing, 37-28 to 28 on Friday, and uh, now they play Elder again. This one will be at Arlington, then they have Burbuff uh, next week, and then they go to Center Grove to close it out. Uh, but the Irish at 6-0 and now, starting to get some national recognition. I saw yesterday uh, Center Grove and Cathedral were back-to-back, I believe it was 33-34, and 34. Uh, by Max Preps in their uh, national poll. I think that's probably, you know, at least in Center Grove, to me, that seems slightly low, uh, not knowing exactly what else there is in the country. But I, I just can't imagine there's 30-something teams better than Center Grove. But uh, maybe that's just the uh, the uh, Indiana homer in me, you know, not knowing <laughs> what else is out there. But uh, I'm I hard-pressed to imagine there's that many teams better than them. But Cathedral's right there, too, and, and we'll find out soon enough exactly where. But uh, – this will be another good matchup for Cathedral. Uh, Cincinnati Elder, a program, again, that's that's had a lot of success over the years, another traditional power, and uh, would be quite a feather in Cathedral's cap to go 3-0 and against these Cincinnati teams. Absolutely it would be. I mean, that would be uh, that'd be the momentum carrying into postseason play as well. I mean, and, and talk about confidence. I mean, just going through and sweeping Cincinnati. I mean, all those teams, the best that Cincinnati can offer – uh, that, like you said, would be a great feather in the cap for Cathedral, and also play, by playing these games and playing these types of opponents. I mean, this is what 
this is uh, what what Cathedral usually does do. They 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 get tough opponents year in and year out, and so they're they've been through war already. By the time sectionals come around, it doesn't matter what their record is. You know that they've played the best of the best typically, and uh, by playing these teams, uh, they've they've shown how strong they are. Obviously, some people got to look at St. Xavier from Cincinnati and their national televised game against Brownsburg. That team, obviously, not a pushover, getting a win over the reigning champs in LaSalle. Uh, that speaks for itself. And Elder, a traditional powerhouse, if you know anything about you know high school football in, in the region here in the Midwest, you know the Cincinnati Elder is, is no pushover either. So, uh, really strong teams there. And Cathedral sweeps them. Uh, that, that should tell you all you need to know about the, the Fighting Irish and why uh, that that October 16th game against Cinder Grove should be circled on everyone's calendar. I did some midseason awards last week and had McCahill, Nathan McCahill, the Cinder Grove, or I'm sorry, Cathedral quarterback as the uh, uh, offensive player of the midseason. He had three more touchdown passes uh, for Cathedral in that win on Friday. Had 108 rushing yards and another touchdown. And then uh, Jake Langdon also, he kind of goes under the radar probably, 108 yards rushing and a, and a touchdown for uh, the Irish. So, Probably this is about as good of a, a cathedral team as we've seen in a while, and uh, we'll find out here these next few weeks, especially that Center Grove game. Uh, but that their sectional draw also will be interesting. I think they have Decatur Central uh, in their sectional. Um, you know, the the longer you can avoid them, probably the better. But I, I really I hard pressed to think Cathedral will uh, be be you know anything but a prohibitive favorite going into Class Five A. Uh, they would probably be the favorite in 6A, if not for Center Grove as well. They're just that good this year, uh, and, and they look like the team to beat, uh, certainly in Class 5A. Uh, also in 5A, Logan Newpal is ranked uh, number four this week, and they were ab- just barely able to get by uh, Greenfield Central 17-14 uh, to 14 on Friday night, and that, that really surprising score considering where Greenfield has been the last few years and where Newpal has been the last few years, but... You know, it's kind of an injured, banged-up uh, New Pal team. They did run the ball really well, over 300 yards in that game for the first time in a while. Uh, that was a season high for them, so that's a good sign. But uh, just not putting up the numbers we're accustomed to seeing from uh, New Pal. Uh, but uh, they, they march on their 4-1 and one right now. Uh, and still will be, I think, a, a, a tough out in 5A. But definitely the difference between them and some of the teams in their conference is, is uh, really closed quite a bit this season. Absolutely, and and I think maybe we were just spoiled with his new pal the last couple seasons, and obviously when Charlie Spiegel was there, just breaking seventy yard runs like it's Madden. I mean, it, it yeah. just just what we saw from them was unprecedented, and hopefully allows people to really understand when you're witnessing greatness, just take it in because uh, it's still a good new pal team. I mean, obviously a little surprising on the score and a team that took their first loss and what was it, sixty six regular season games. I mean, they had a huge streak, but still. Uh, four and one on the season. I mean, still one of the one of the top teams in Class Five A. You can't count them out, but like I said, maybe not looking just as dominant this year, but still a contender. Yeah, and Travis Nolting, by the way, too, building a, a good program there at Greenfield Central. They they run kind of a, a a different type of an offense. It's more of a running base. They they don't throw the ball much at all. Uh, very rarely. Uh, you know, so they, he he was at North Central Farmersburg for a long time. Built a good program there. Uh, doing the same at Greenfield. I remember asking uh, Kyle Ralph about them last year, and he said they're definitely on the come. They're they're and they're starting to show it this year. They're only one and three, but you can tell by their scores uh, that they're they're on their way to, uh, to to getting much better here in coming years. Have a good 
assist a younger uh, group of players as well. Uh, so that that'll be a program to watch here in the in the near future. To be honest, probably New Pile success has helped these other programs in the conference kind of say, hey, what do we need to do to get on their level? Uh, so I think that's probably part of what's happening here as well. I'll be, I'll be down uh, as it stands now. I'll be down at Whiteland. Uh, Whiteland is now five and one on Friday. I'm going to see them play uh, Mooresville, and Mooresville is now six and zero oh, uh, in the rank number two in Class Four A, and uh, that should be a really exciting game. I actually covered this game two years ago. Uh, same matchup, and Whiteland uh, gave away a late lead, and Mooresville uh, came back to win that game. Mike Gillen. Uh, that was a really emotional win for that program as they, they're kind of starting to get it uh, going there. A couple of years ago, they were kind of a, a comeback, uh, you know, rags to riches type of story. Uh, now they're just more of a traditional power. They've got Division One recruits. They've got, you know, good good quarterback and uh, Nick Patterson. They've got, you know, Brecken Green, a running back. Just a really, really solid program now. They beat uh, Decatur Central uh, earlier this season, 20-14, to 14, then you know, come back last week and beat Franklin 39 to 30, and Franklin has been much better. Uh, but the, I think this is going to be a heck of a game down at Whiteland on Friday night. Whiteland has, has come off back-to-back shutout victories. Uh, Darren Fisher always does a really nice job there. Uh, he's been there a long time now. I think 16 seasons at Whiteland, and uh, they they were close with Decatur Central earlier this season. Uh, that's their only loss this year, 27 to 14. But uh, you know, it's a little bit out of the area uh, from what uh, you know the the six A in the area, but this uh, I think Logan looks like a great matchup on Friday night uh, down at Whiteland. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, you talked about these two teams uh, having significant years this year and, and really pulling it together. Whiteland on the come up this year, Mooresville. It's been a long time coming, but they they have arrived for sure. Uh, you mentioned the kind of the one common opponent in Decatur Central uh, with Whiteland dropping that one, but Mooresville getting a win over them earlier this year is all we have to really base them off of but uh two teams that you know are, are, are going to be a great game and and i love it that you're down there covering that some teams that maybe you know get get overlooked yeah I, i'd like to see you know it seems like sometimes and I, I think i've spread it out a little bit better uh you know sometimes you end up covering the same team three or four times especially once the you know the tournament begins but really enjoyed that game last two years ago uh mooresville and whiteland put on a really good show and uh, expecting that could be the same on Friday. Mooresville, with a win here, would really solidify themselves as the team in the mid-state with uh, Martinsville and Perry Meridian, uh, two teams they should beat coming up the last two weeks. So this is kind of their last uh, really tough assignment here. And uh, for Whiteland, a chance to grab a piece of that possibly as well of the uh, mid-state conference. That game two years ago, was it was 21-17 was the final. John Eineman was a uh, receiver on that team for uh, – Mooresville had a huge uh, game and, uh, and really, really a nice player uh, for the Pioneers as a senior that year. Uh, so, again, that should be a good one uh, in the Mid-State Conference on Friday night. Uh, elsewhere, uh, we saw uh, Decatur Central. They're now sixth in Class 5A. And uh, looking around in 4A, mentioned Mooresville. They're now ranked second. Uh, stayed number two in Class of 4A. Mount Vernon uh, stays number one. And, and they had a, a bit of a scare. They had a tough game. On uh, Friday night against Pendleton Heights, they actually trailed uh, into the fourth quarter of that game. They're able to rally and uh, beat Pendleton Heights 27 to 21. Uh, scored 20 points in the fourth quarter to win that game, uh, and uh, I'm sure Mike Kirshner, you know, after they get through, they got through now. New Pal Delta and Pendleton Heights in the last three weeks. That's a pretty tough run in the Hoosier Heritage Conference, and uh, they have New, New uh, Newcastle coming up this week. 
Uh, but again, that's a team, Logan, you know Mike Kirshner, have uh, covered his teams at Ben Davis. Uh, just doing a really excellent job kind of getting that program established in Mount Vernon. Well, doing exactly what we all thought he would do. I mean, came in, started winning immediately. Uh, you saw last year, you know, going to regionals and then winning there. And and uh, just a team that you knew was on the come up. I mean, you could just feel it uh, happening. And, and so far, undefeated, the lone team, you know, to take down uh, the New Pal Dragons and uh, like you said, a, a, a kind of a gutsy win there against Pendleton Heights, another team that you uh, cannot sleep on, led by you know Coach Jed Richmond, who's done a very nice job there at Pendleton Heights uh, with his only two losses coming to New Pal and Mount Vernon in very close fashion. So uh, that that whole conference really uh, showing how strong it really can be, the Hoosier Heritage. So um, it, it, we know, once again, not necessarily one of the big 6a or necessarily even 5a schools all the time but these are schools that are playing some really good football uh and, and can play with the best of them ron collie's up to number five in class 4a they had a wild one beat to harrison 49 to 45 on a friday night and uh, that was their first time they'd ever beat somebody uh by allowing more than 40 points in a game so that interesting uh, nugget there uh, ron collie there are now uh four and one uh, sounds like their game on Friday on uh, it's going to be Saturday this week against Bloomington North. That's kind of a, a, a TBA. Uh, they're still working out the details of that. Bloomington North's coming off a quarantine situation, and I think needs one more day of practice to get in uh, before they can play a game. So that that game instead of Friday will be Saturday. It sounds like that's kind of still uh, up in the air at this point, but uh, at least the, the kickoff time for that one. Uh, but Roncalli will go to Bloomington North this week. And again, in 3A, Chittard, in, in another game that was rescheduled, probably one of the more interesting games of the week. Uh, you have uh, Merrillville coming down from the region to play Chittard. Chittard ranked number one in 3A, and uh, Merrillville uh, coming in at number two in 6A. Uh, and two teams that wouldn't play each other otherwise, but because of uh, opponents not being able to play, uh, this is an interesting matchup. And we've seen this a few times. He's, he's kind of. Uh, you know, pickup type of games that, that are more interesting matchups, really, than what we'd see normally during the season sometimes, uh, just based out of necessity. So uh, that will be – I'm curious to see how Maryville stacks up against a really solid uh, 3A program. And I think maybe we'll learn something about how does Maryville stack up on the on the north side of that 6A bracket uh, down the road. No, you're absolutely right. This is, uh, you know, a team in Maryville that – uh, could take advantage of this opportunity of, of the Carmel Greyhounds finally dropping down to the South region. Who's gonna Who's gonna take that North side? It's been dominated by Carmel so far. Maryville team that had a lot of success last year that nearly made it to state. Uh, you know, had an 11 win season, now undefeated. This is going to be a great indicator uh, of how strong foot, the football is being played up there, uh, and it's going to give us another look at Chatard and, and really if they can play with some of these premier programs. Uh, and how strong that they are, and maybe their likelihood of, of possibly repeating as champs. Elsewhere in uh, 3A this week, uh, Danville now 4-0. They are ranked number five in Class 3A. Burbuff Jesuit, they've been off uh, the past couple weeks. They stayed number seven. They actually dropped a spot to seven in, in 3A. In uh, 2A then, uh, Heritage Christian drops a couple spots after their loss to Covenant Christian. Uh, Triton Central's number six, uh, Heritage Christian five. And uh, in Class 1A, Lutheran lost a, a double overtime game uh, at, at 4A Northview by one point, uh, so they dropped to a number two. Uh, I left them one in my in my ballot, but uh, uh, they dropped to number two overall. 
Covenant Christian is now number five after their win over Heritage Christian. So uh, Covenant Christian looking like a team. Those two teams, Covenant and Lutheran, could play each other uh, down the road in the uh, sectional. So that could be a really good match. This looks like Covenant's best team that they've had since they started the program there. Uh, and, and they probably gonna are gonna finish the regular season undefeated, but uh, Lutheran Covenant that that would be a great matchup in one A, and uh, Sheridan's still on the outside looking in in in, uh, in the top ten, but they're also a really good one uh, A program uh, looking looking ahead into the sectional as well. Uh, some of the better games this week we mentioned most of them. Avon is at Westfield. I don't think I mentioned that Avon is uh, three and three now and uh, from talking to coach Jake Gilbert at Westfield after the game they know this is going to be a tough game especially after such an emotional win over Brownsburg uh, beating Avon you know back to back after beating Brownsburg will be a, a tough challenge ahead of them uh, for sure on on Friday night so watch for that that could be a uh, you know kind of one of those games maybe that uh, sneaks up and, and and turns into a really good one could be a lot of points there as Avon is a very dynamic offense uh, with Henry Hessen at quarterback and all the weapons they have. Uh, what are you looking where, – where are you guys headed uh, again, Logan, and what are you looking forward to on Friday night? Yeah, we're going to be headed to Carmel High School. It's Ben Davis coming to town. Ben Davis and Carmel going to be the McNetwork game of the week. Uh, and once again, that's going to be kind of a battle for that second place in the Mick and something that we're excited about looking at those standings. Really, anyone's anyone's ball game for second. Center Grove starting to run away a little bit as – as the premier team in the conference, but there are a lot of very talented teams uh, in the MIC, and any game can go any way. We've seen some overtimes. We've seen some two-point conversions. We've seen onside kicks, and it's, you know, coming up only on week seven. So uh, things are getting crazy, and it hasn't even gotten too cold out yet. So uh, we're, we're excited for, for football here in the MIC, and, and uh, I think Carmel Ben Davis is going to be a great one. Keep your eye on Lawrence North and Warren as well. That's another game that uh, could really could really flip either way. And we talked about a little bit. Can Pike put any points up against Center Grove? That's going to be another key factor. Absolutely, looking forward to it this week. And uh, grab your coats. I think it's going to be colder on Friday. So just uh, that's my uh, that's my Thanks, we- Kyle. my weather for- my weather update. You jinxed it. That's uh, I'm blaming you for sure. <laughs> I'll take the blame. I'll take the blame. <laughs> well, thanks so much again, Logan. I uh, appreciate uh, everybody listening. And I know uh, from her for some people who enjoy uh, listening every week to the podcast. And uh, and uh, thanks again. We'll be back next week. We have the week eight will be next week. And then the following week, we'll, we'll, we'll have a special talk about the sectional uh, draw that, that, is, that comes out. And I kind of break that down. So look forward to uh, talking to you about that. And uh, have a great uh, Friday night of high school football.